May 18th, 2022, this morning's class and the classes throughout the week are donated by James and Rishi Ahadid in honor of the upcoming marriage of their daughter Esther Lita, Mr. Isaac Sayed, and they're donated by Sarah and Nathan Cohen in honor of their new baby girl. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin on Daf Samechtet Amud Aleph, and if you count down in the wide lines, it's six lines down, just a few words onto the line. The Gemara has this word, yativ. Yativ, how many? Well, several words onto the line. Yativ means sat, to sit and to study Torah with someone. You have that lashon in the Gemara from time to time. Says the Gemara, yativ, Rabbi Yaakov, minehar pakod. So Rabbi Yaakov, who came from a place known as Nahar pakod, he was sitting kameh de ravina. Front of Ravina, he's studying Torah with Ravina. And he's, as he's sitting and studying and listening to his teacher, he quotes something to his teacher. He quotes in the name of Ravuna, the son of Rav Yehoshua. What does he quote? Shema mina, we can derive. Uh, the statement goes as follows. We had this uh, yesterday, Shita uh, of Rabbi Krus Bedai. Rabbi Krus Bedai had stated quite clearly in the Gemara that the time span of a Ben Soreru More is at most three months. It can be less, as we mentioned at the end of class yesterday. If the child matures and he has what's called Hakafat Zakan before three months, so then it's less time span. And uh, from Shete Se'arot, he can have just a week or two or five or whatever. But the most is three months. That was Rabbi Krus Bedai's statement. Why three months? What we understood from the Gemara yesterday was three months is the time period during which we say about a woman, Nikar Ubera, her baby begins to be seen. At the end of the first trimester, a baby is seen on a woman. Well, wait a second, that is your maximum time period because of the circumstance, a situation in which we assume it's going to be a nine-month birth. And we're assuming in turn that at the third period, or after the first third, that's when you'll be able to identify the baby in the mother's womb and be able to see it externally. Uh, that's not so simple, says the Gemara. What if the woman is going to have uh, a healthy birth, but premature healthy birth, a seven-month birth. Would you tell me that in such a circumstance, the baby will not be seen after two months and a third? In other words, a third in? It makes a difference for the following reason. Our maximum number on a ben sorero more is three months. Because at that time period, we say, he's already identified potentially as a father. How's he identified? There's no child out there. You look at the woman who he had relations with, with his wife, whatever, and you see on her, she has a baby in there. Now, that was an, an identifying number three months. Why? Our assumption is that the three months is literal. That's Rabbi Krus Bidai's statement. He I said three months. That, that usually, trimester, does it? You don't prorate trimesters. I, I, says you. I, you know, you're ahead of the Gemara. What do you want me to tell you, no, Judah? Or, or alternatively, you're working with Rabbi Krus Bedai. I'm not certain. I mean, I, first, I'm no scientist. Logically, I could hear it the other way. Yeah. Logically, I could understand if 
quote unquote, the baby's uh, gestation period and maturity internally is going to take place quicker. And I mentioned it as, so to speak, a healthy birth, not that it was premature in an unhealthy fashion. I'm not saying it's coming out as big as after nine months, but I'm saying it's healthy. It's potentially the, the, the process is, uh, is, is quicker. And uh, yeah, you would look at it and say, I, listen, the Gemara statement is that it's not so. That's, that's what the Gemara is picking up. It's, it's it might be. Recognizable. That Anyone should be, after all, but no, but he's, he's, he's asking on the flip side. The only reason it's three is because Rabbi Krusbedai said so. Why did Rabbi Krusbedai say so? Because his assumption is that three months is when you'll identify. But is that really so? What if it's going to be a late birth? What if the baby is taking time to grow? It's going to come out small. What's that? Sometimes they're not going to show at all. In other words, that's effectively that's the question. We have a. a, 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 a so as Nathan mentioned, yes, it appears as if Rabbi Krusbedai, if we're taking him that literally, as we probably should, is going with majority. But let's just see the statement out and then come to that will be our discussion. The discussion will be when we deal with dinene fashot, with life and death circumstances, should we go based on majority? Maybe we can veer off of majority in order to save lives, in order to determine with precision the status of this situation. Anyway, again, say here, Shema Amina, we can derive says the Gemara quite sufficiently, from that statement that we read yesterday, that that a woman, and we seem to be talking physically, if she's going to give birth even in seven months, her baby will not be seen externally at a third into that. Because after all, the Isal Kadatach, because if you were to think, if you were to make the claim that at a third into her time till birth, the baby will be seen, why is it that Rabbi Krusbedai's statement in the name of Rabbi Shabbetai was that three months is the cutoff point? Maybe we can push it up. We can save more lives. We can say that less people will be ben soreru more. Our assumption is for one reason or another that three months, even though we could push it later as well, but three months will be the latest, but we'll have earlier, and a woman who's going to give birth in seven months, we could say at two months and a third, the baby will be seen. If the baby will be seen, I can now look at this circumstance and look at the ben soreru more and say, wait a second, two months and a third, that's your cutoff point. We're not going to judge you to death any longer. Amar le, the response in turn goes as follows. The, the, the counterclaim is, uh, no, listen, I'm not making the statement, I'm not being clear to you that it'll always be three months. So the Bedai was not doing so. He was alternatively, very possibly, the Gemara is not taking a biological science standpoint on this, it's saying, I could make the claim that at two months and a third, if the birth will be in seven, mon- in seven months, the baby will be seen. Or in- if the baby will be uh, nine months and two weeks, the baby will be a few days later. I'll make that claim. So then why did Rabbi Krusbedai say three months? 
Three months is an imprecise number. Zil means go, batar means after, ruba means majority. The majority of women in healthy births are going to have a nine-month birth. As a result, even though Jeffrey said sometimes they won't show at all or they'll show much later, majority of the time is that after the first trimester it'll be seen. And therefore, says Rabbi Kruspedai, following his understanding of the pasuk in the Torah, which determines that we're dealing with a bin, not an av, it means I look at this young man and I say he's a child, not a father. He doesn't have the status of a father. What's the majority of circumstances during which you'll be able to definitively say about him, oh, he's a father on the way? Three months. And so therefore what we're effectively doing is quote unquote, opening the gates to killing more children. I'm sorry to speak like that, but I need to make it clear here. In other words, we're subtracting three weeks from where we could have pushed up the limit of Ben Sorero More, whereas I could have made the claim of Ben Sorero More in some circumstances, once he's two months and a third in to the pregnancy of this woman, he's no longer judged as a Ben Sorero More, I'm always going to say that three months is my, is my maximum instead of sometimes having less. Yes? In that case, let's say, let's say that uh, only showed two months and a third. So you want to make that the cutoff, right? Now let's say it's the third month, and then they bring him to the court. Yes. How would, how would that play out? They say, oh no, she showed two, three weeks ago, so you're clear? At that point, she's shown. So now he's a father. I, I understand. So how would it, how would it play out where, where the same kid, first three months? How would it play out where it saves the kid where they said, oh, he showed two weeks ago, so, so he's, he's clean? That's it? What? What do you mean? We're, okay, we'll get witnesses. I don't know. We're going to do it. We're going to determine the circus. But I, I, I think you. But I think you're even too far on that. Let's say, for argument's sake, let's say we wait until the birth of the woman. We leave him. We judged him. We, but we're not certain. We're not certain what his status is. This woman, whom we know he's been with, let's wait until her birth. She does it at seven months or whatever. So now, retroactively, we say, oh, she must have been shown from two months and a, and a third. I don't know that we need to be, I'll go a step further. It might cast a safik into all circumstances that whether she's showing or not, maybe this woman would be a two months and one third. After all, the three months time period was not only when he's actually married to a woman and we know he had relations. The three month was a cutoff during, at which point we say, he could be considered a father at this time. And as a result, Big Cruz Bedai says three months is always the cutoff. So maybe we would just have to push up the cutoff date and say, since healthy births are at two, uh, seven months, sometimes or oftentimes it'll be two months and a third. And as a result, that will be the cutoff always without any proof. That's what I'm saying more than anything is how I understand the question. Everything comes down to the way they, whether this is whatever, they determine she's pregnant at two months. Everyone knows she's pregnant. I have to, I, ha, I don't know the answer to that question. So Jeffrey asks a very important question. Jeffrey says, she is pregnant. We see it on her, and it's two months and a third in. Are we in that circumstance, to that extent, going to say, go based on majority? I have to imagine the answer is no. I have to imagine we're talking about circumstances where we don't see it. 
Um, because otherwise, if you see it on, he's clearly a father. It's clearly nikar avhuto, that he's a father. I would have to imagine that circumstance would be the exception, but it's an exception. It's no longer the determining time, or at the very least, casting some sort of safik. So as the Gemara, that's the statement. More than anything, we're going to, that notwithstanding, go based on majority. Okay, that's an interesting claim. It means Rabbi Cruz Bidai is telling us that when it comes to judging dinene fashot, matters of life and death, we take into serious account majority. That's, a very, that's not in terms of a verdict. We know for verdict, for Pesach Din. This is in terms of, of, of determinants, of matters that go into the case, of the evidence, of the circumstantial evidence. We're going to go based on majority. Is that really so? You'll just chalk it up to majority. When we deal with life and death circumstances, again, in court, in judging, do we go based on majority? Or maybe in those circumstances, we take into serious account minority. Uh, circumstances where we're uncertain. But there's a reason to cast some aspersion. For example, HaTorah Amra Veshafetu Ha'eda after all, the counter response here as this matter was repeated, uh, says the Gemara, in front of Rav Yoshua, his response is, oh, come on, that's not the way it works. The Torah has a mandate. It has an instruction. We not only are to appoint judges, but our judges primarily, and Mars Benin likes to repeat this and remind us of this, their job is, the Hachamim say it all the time, they repeat this line more than once, we've seen it in Masechet Sanhedrin a good three, four times already. The mandate, the instruction, the direction of the Dayanim is to save the nation. Well, you save the nation, you're going to go based on majority always? What if a minority circumstance could determine matters differently? Shouldn't you take that into account? So why are you telling me to go based on majority to push the number up to three months? Maybe we should push it down because sometimes, more than sometimes, there'll be a premature birth. Says the Gemara Ahadra. So again, the Torah says, And you're telling me, according to the Bikrus, and you're telling me, Zil, we go, based on majority. This matter then got brought back to Ravina. So there's a debate. It's in the air. The question that's being debated amongst the rabbis in this time period, what they're debating and trying to figure out is when I deal with dinen and fashot, a court or a bin a court, a bedin, which is dealing with a life and death determination, do we go primarily based on rov, majority, or alternatively, do we take into serious account what we call mi'ut in order to save lives? They brought this matter in front of Ravina, and Ravina said, wait a second, your counterclaim was, and in turn, you had a question on a big cruz bedai, then when we deal with dinen and fashot, we do take into the, the account the minority opinion, which means to say any situation in which I could go based on majority or minority, I'll save a life with it. I can prove to you explicitly from a Mishnah and Dafmem and our Masechet that when it comes to Dinei Fashot, we do go based on majority, even in situations where it will lead to punishment, to death penalty. I'll go based on majority. How so? After all, the Mishnah told us earlier, There's a seeming contradiction amongst these two witnesses. One of them says, I'm quite certain it was on the second day of the month. 
The next one says, I'm quite certain that it was on the third day of the month. Oh, we should say, as judges, you'd imagine, done, finished, chalas. They're not saying the same thing. It's called hakhasha. They're negating one another. They don't have the same date. The Mishnah didn't tell us that. The Mishnah said, We uphold their testimony. Uphold their testimony. One saying two, the other one saying three. They're not talking about the same date. We as the Beit are supposed to, 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 to assume We're supposed to assume One of them realizes that the last month was a Chodesh Me'ubar It had 30 days Which in turn means this month started quote unquote on day 31 The other one doesn't realize that He assumes the last month was a 29 day month And this month began on day 30 that's the statement. Wait a second. Why should you assume that? The only reason you assume that, we saw it earlier and we'll repeat it here in the Gemara, is because the majority of people don't know what we're doing with regards to months. They don't find it out right away. The majority of people, it's a crazy thought. It means the majority of people back then. We talked about it a little in the Gemara at the time. That's right. Uh, it's at the beginning of the month. But, but more than anything, um, w- what I will tell you is, I mean, it's just fascinating on, on another level. Today, we, all, we get everyone to come to Knis on Rosh Chodesh. Once upon a time, nobody, the majority of people didn't know when Rosh Chodesh was, or they, or they kept two Rosh Chodeshes. Anyway, but in, in short, what the Gemara is saying is, over here is uh, you're taking into account the fact that the majority of people don't know. And as a result, here's the punchline, you're killing someone. You're judging. This guy says two, that one says three. Ah, we should throw it out. No, 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 because the majority of people don't actually know the date. All right, the minority do. There are people who actually know the date. There are people who do know what the Beit Din did with regards to Ibura Hadish, whether the last month was a Hadish Maler, Hadish Haser. And if you were to think, as you're telling me, that we don't go based on majority. Nema, I should claim, Hane Dafka each of these groups are dafka, are specifically and purposefully stating their date. And they are hakasha, means they're negating, they're contradicting one another. We should throw out this testimony. Clearly, Ravina instead claims we do go based on majority. And the Ravina effectively, just think about the context of what we're dealing with, he now upholds what we began the class with. We now turn back to the big Bidai and we say, we understand you to be Bidai again. You want to know why you said three months? We got all banged up. You shouldn't be going based on majority. I know the majority of women after the first trimester, that's when they're showing. Shouldn't go be going based on majority. We don't do it like that. That was the counterclaim. That was the, the question on him. The response of Ravinad, no, we do it even by Dinan and Fashot. That's the way our court system works. We go based on majority. Rather, the reason is that that Mishnah tells us we uphold the testimony, the edut of one saying two and the other one saying three, is because we go based on majority even in Dinan and Fashot, and the majority of people, it's normal for them, that they make mistakes. On whether the last month was Haser or Maleh. Uh, what we're standing at in the Gemara thus far then is we're standing strong with regards to our opening statement. Our opening statement was Rabbi Kruzbedai. Rabbi Kruzbedai said three months for the cutoff time for a Ben Sorero More. It could be earlier, but it won't be later than three months. Our counterclaim was maybe we should push that date up. Not to say per se in a circumstance where we see the impregnancy of the woman. If we see it earlier, you have to assume. Of course, we'll, we'll say that she's, he's no longer Ben Sorero More. But we're uncertain. 
whether it's a seven-month birth and she'll be seen then, or anything, or whether he impregnated a woman at all. As a result, instead of the three-month being the cutoff, it should have been an earlier time. You have to go based on minority as well and save a life, save many lives. Of any ben Soreno more, the counterclaim of the Gemara is we're going based on majority. Going based on majority was the question on that. We don't do that in Dina Nefashot. The answer is we do. This continues, the Gemara, do we? And that's, that's what's happening here. We're throwing, throwing proofs left and right, questioning whether we go based... I mean, it's a, it's a fundamental question. I walk into a court, imagine it today, in, in, a, in a non-Jewish court, do I assume that the evidence is going to be accepted and understood based on the majority of circumstances? I would imagine the answer is yes. In Torah, the statement in our Gemara is, it's not clear. It might be yes, it might be no. On the one hand, majority is a good way of determining. On the other hand, I'm going to end up taking more lives than if I'm not going based on majority. Says the Gemara, Amar He says, the truth is, we have a Mishnah, um, a Beraita, which will accord with this. It's from Masechet Nida. And if you read it carefully, you'll realize from this statement of the Hachamim as well, that we're not going based on majority. Excuse me, that we are going based on majority. Even in Dinei Nefashot, we'll be going based on majority. The very brief background is we're going to be dealing with a circumstance that's not, not pleasing for anyone to hear. It's certainly uh, somewhat abstract and theoretical. Don't please go home and tell your wife or your friends or your children that this is what Torah and Mitzvot is about. We're not about relations with three-year-old women. Um, my wife just told me recently there was something, in, she, she's not learning Dafyomi, but on the, the social, social media accounts, there's a Dafyomi woman, and she was complaining that the Gemara, I guess, that they're learning Masechet Yevamot, talks about a three-year-old girl in terrible circumstances. She said, the, she said that the claims of this woman were how, how callous of the Gemara and so forth or whatever. Uh, okay, thankfully my wife wasn't paying that a shape, but it bears mention. We're not talking in a literal sense here. We're not imagining that this is happening, but in order to in any system in order to test a case in law you have to go to the extreme circumstances in order to understand what's one extreme what's the other extreme so we even talk about it it's not because we're being insensitive okay says the Gemara over here the, the following says the Gemara we have the following statement if a woman were to be if a girl is three days three years old rather uh, she has kiddushin, which take effect, which means engagement and the status of an engaged woman, which in turn means all sorts of halakhic ramifications, the most basic of which, she's now an esheti, she can't have relations with anyone else. She needs to get a divorce document from her husband if she's going to be released from this marriage, from this engagement, but that could be with bi'ah. It means that from three years old, we consider halakhically speaking, don't, nobody's going to try this, nobody should ever even imagine trying this, but she's ra'ui lebi'ah. That's what we call, we call it susceptible for relations. What if she was married to a husband initially or engaged and he passes away and they don't have any children and as a result his brother has relations with her? That's considered a kinyan yibum and as a result she and he are now together as well. Along those lines is if she had relations with a man and she's mikudeshit and someone else now has relations with her, the person who has relations with her is hayav. He's hayav hanik. He gets put to death by strangulation because he had relations with an eshet ish. She, of course, does not. She's not old enough to be punished in halacha and Torah law. But he is. She's an eshet ish. Umitama et bo'ala. And she, in 
in turn, if she's in Nidav, she's during her menstrual cycle time and someone has relations with her, there's a certain Tum'ah which takes effect. We saw this referenced earlier on Dafnunhe. Very briefly, we talked about it a little bit at greater length at that time. It's just with regards to the Tum'ah status of a person who's a Bu'il Nida, who has relations with the Nida. And it's, the statement is, It's comparing the status of the Bu'il to someone who's a Zav. A Zav is a whole to, altogether different circumstance. And the Halakha by a Zav is when we talk about about his elyon, if he touches the top without even actually touching the item at the bottom in this pile of items or of garments. Uh, the status is that he's mitameh, uh, uh, he's mitameh in that situation, even ochalinu mashkin, food and drinks, but that's the status. And over here, we say he's mitameh elyon tahton ke elyon. For our purposes, again, just succinctly and briefly, you can go and listen then if you're more interested or read onward. But for our purposes, without getting into the details, it means that she imparts Tum'ah through relations. She imparts Tum'ah means there's a lot of ways of saying that this woman is Niset le Kohen, if she gets married to Kohen and she's three years old, Ochelet Bitruma, she was Israelite walking into this. She's a Bat Israel, a Bat Levi. She's not Ochelet Bitruma. Now that she's engaged or married rather to a Kohen, she's Ochelet Bitruma, but she's not Reuya. She is Reuya Lebiya. Ba'alea Ehad Mina Pesulin. We're getting to the more relevant for our purposes a stage. What if she in turn has relations, again at the age of three, with one of the Pesulin, one of the Pesulin? Sulin Rashi gives the list of them, the Natin, the Mamzer, the Goy, in any of these circumstances, if a woman has lo'alenu relations with one of these sorts of people, she's now what's considered a halala. She's no longer able to get married to Kehuna, but she's three years old. Was that? That's right. Paslamina Kehuna. She in turn has the status of being Pesulala Kehuna. And lastly, and most importantly for us, if at this age of three years old and she's engaged slash married to a man and someone who's one of the arayot what are the arayot the forbidden relations which effectively means anyone over here because she's an eshetish but of course it means as well any family uh, any relatives if anyone has relations with her mumatin alea they get put to death for those relations but wait a second she's not considered a girl who that was in actual relations with she's so young absolutely is from the age of three we say she's but the woman herself as if this Consul, is his consolation? It's not. But Petura, she's not put to death. Why is she not put to death? She's not Begil Onashim. She's not a Bar Okay. Pause for a second and just digest it very briefly, please. Says the Gemara, now, let me understand this circumstance. She's three years old. I don't actually know whether this woman will ultimately speaking be a woman who will be able to be impregnated. She might be what's considered an Ailonit. And Ailonit means a woman, the Gemara Masechet Ketubot, and Afyod Alpha, if I'm not mistaken, says it's Milashon Ail. Ail is a male ram. A male ram, of course, can't have children. So it's an unfortunate way of referring to a woman who's just not able to have children. We refer to her in Talmudic language as an Ailonit. Maybe this woman will be an Ailonit. She's too young to know. She's three years old. Maybe in the future we'll determine, based on circumstances, biologically, she's not able to have children. I don't know, who cares? It'll still be up. Three years old or ten years old, it could be the same thing. 
at a certain stage in time, we are able to determine somewhat sufficiently this is an Eilonit. At a later maturity stage, we look at her maturity with regards to organ development, with regards to other matters. This is how the Gemara describes it. And we say she's an Eilonit, and we now understand that. Now, when she's so young, you still don't see any maturity signs, obviously. And as a result, and here's the key, the punchline, as a result, although this man may have done Kiddushin with her, we should perhaps consider them potential Kiddushet Ta'ut. What's a Kiddushet Ta'ut? It means I was unaware of the reality. I got married, I got engaged to this woman. I had no idea that her status was such. If, she, if I had known she was an Ailonit, I never would have done the Kiddushin. She's three. What's that? She's three years old. She is three years old, and therefore? I didn't think she could have a baby now. I thought in the future she'd be able to have a baby. I'm 15 years later, oh my goodness, she's not able to have a baby. That Kiddushin that I did earlier, I never would have done it had I known she would be an Ailonit. So that's the question here in our Kemara. Pause for a second and realize, take it all in. Unfortunately, in a terrible and horrible circumstance, this woman's not only married, engaged at the age of three, she's furthermore had relations with another man. Now, she has that relations with another man, but I'm uncertain whether she actually had an effective kitushit. What do you mean? We were all there. It was Basimantov, Mazal Tov. But... It's still hinging because I need to wait another 15 years and find out if she's an Ailonit. Are the majority of women Ailonit? Certainly not. Are a minority of women Ailonit? Absolutely yes. Maybe in order to save lives, if I were to go, not based on majority, but to even take into account minority, I shouldn't kill this man in this circumstance. Maybe she'll be an Ailonit. At the very least, we gave him another 10, 15 years of his life. Why are you, as the Beraita is quite clearly stating to us, killing anyone who's Ba'alea. Why are you killing him? Maybe we should be suspecting the minority situations. Clearly, says the Gemara, we're going based on majority. The majority of women are not Ailonit. As a result, it stands to reason that it wasn't a Kiddushe Ta'ut. There was a Kiddushe Vadai. There was a certainty and an understanding. He accepted it and he knew about it. And as a result, he doesn't suspect that she'll be an Ailonit. And even if she is, yes, retroactively, it'll be Kiddushe Ta'ut. But we don't need to be thinking like that now. We're going based on majority, even to kill a life. The Amai says the Gemara, why is it so? On that last line that we should perhaps say instead, take into account the small circumstances, the minority of situations, perhaps I should take into account the fact that she might be an Ailonit. Who cares? And with that knowledge, La Kaddish, the man never did Kiddushin, it would be considered retroactively Kiddushet Ta'ut. El Alav, rather, it must be the Amrinan, we say, Zil Batar Ruba, we go based on majority, Berov Nashim, Lav Ailonit Ninhu, and the majority of women are not Ailonit, the majority of women are able to have children. That's a pretty good proof. That's the statement of the Gemara. I'm not saying it's a comfortable tr- proof. Terrible proof. Because in theory, you see, 15 years later, she combined the three-year-old, and 15 years later, the marriage would be null and void. Yes. Because the girl can have kids 15 years later? Yep. Wow. So what, what was the point? Why? 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 Why
Got her married at three, found a, good, a proper suitor. I, I'm not justifying that. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't think, I'm telling you, I don't think it Ten years didn't have kids. Right. Because because that would be a normal. You can always go backwards just because. Ten years. It's void. The kiddushin is void. When? Is the kiddushin don't get married? A couple get married. Is the kiddushin? Yeah. Is she an ayla? Ten years don't have kids. Is that the kiddushin void? No, no, no. Slow, slow down. Slow down. Slow down. Slow down. Ailonit means the woman is not biologically able to because we don't see the signs of maturity in her. If she's eighteen and you see the signs of maturity in her, she's not an ailonit. That she didn't have children after 10 years is a whole t- all, altogether different situation. The Mishnayot and Kitubot, the Mishnayot and Nidarim deal with it. Our Kitubot today happen to say, even though we don't follow this, the Mishnah, the, our Kitubot today, each one of you uh, gave a Kitubot to your wife, it says in it that if we're together for 10 years and doesn't have a, a, we don't have children, I can divorce her without a Kitubot. That is not for a plethora, plethora of reasons in effect. We don't follow that today. This is not a modern uh, liberal statement. This is for hundreds of years. That's right. She wasn't an Ailonit. You're confusing matters. Ailonit means maturity status. I didn't know she wasn't going to have that maturity status. That's clear biological sign. Ten years, I don't know why that happened. The Mishnayot discussed that. Was it because of the guy? Was it because of the girl? Why can he? So on and so forth. And again, I'm telling you, it's not in effect today. But what I am telling you over here is, this woman might be an Ailonit. I can't determine it right now, Jared. But the father wants to put her in a stable situation. Is it dangerous? Not that dangerous. What's uh, come on? I don't have any Ailonites running in my family, says the father. You can't claim Ailonites. You can claim Ailonites when she's 18 and she doesn't have Simane Na'arut. You now retroactively annul it. That's right. I, would, I mean, listen, I'm not... It could be the guy. If she's an she Ailonit, it's not, not the guy. guy. You're talking about a different... Still, it could be she's not mature yet. Maybe it's five Ailonit, maybe. Maybe it's five Ailonit. For six to 17, she still might think she's not mature. Right. The guy is also involved. She would ask that he's a little mature spin. That's a question. It's an adult woman who fails to develop this at a time that he must surely... That classify a woman as a naira. She also exhibits some masculine. I I I, I, I didn't need to get into the. I know I know I know. I, 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 I don't want to call it an abnormality, but I'm going to. For our purposes, it's an abnormal circumstance. Uh, and it says the Gemara, well, that being the case, clearly, clearly we're going based on majority. Says the Gemara, no, maybe not. Maybe the Hayuv over here, we just have a few lines, so I, I want to just fill this out. Says the Gemara, hayav de Maybe not. Maybe we're never putting to death based on the majority. But it said in the Beraita, Hayavina alea. 
Maybe that meant korban. We'll go based on majority with regards to bringing a korban. If it was done bishogeg, if the circumstance was bishogeg, a guy unfortunately has relations with this three-year-old, this four-year-old, whatever she is when she's already mikudeshit, to a man, but he doesn't realize she's already mikudesh, and he needs to bring a korban. For that, we go based on majority. But maybe in the future she'll be an ailonit, and retroactively we go based on majority. We're only talking about dinene We don't go based on majority. Says the Gemara, not a great defense. Veha The statement of the hachamim explicitly was, we put to death mumatin milashon mita. It's not a korban. Says the Gemara, must be a circumstance which has nothing to do with marriage. What do you mean nothing to do with marriage? She's a woman who's now engaged and her father has relations with her. So it's irrespective of the fact that she's married or engaged, it's the fact that her father's having relations. She's it's nothing to do with whether she'll be an Ailonit in the future. That's when we kill. When do we make liability because of uh, because of her marriage status? That's only for Korban. Killing is because her father. Her father has nothing to do with marriage or not. Father and daughter, unfortunately, is a death penalty. But the words explicitly of the Hachamim were a Nikola Arayot doesn't just say her father or her brother. It says anyone, which means based on marriage as well and based on being Eshetish and her father in law. Says the Gemara, I'll deflect. I won't allow this to be a final proof because I'll suggest that the circumstance, it's called an ukimta, of this state, of this situation, where we will put to death based on her status as engaged, even though she might be an ailonit in the future, is when the guy, as he's doing kiddushin, and Jared, this is what the father might say to him, wait, sir, are you accepting this, even if she's one of those minority, quote-unquote, abnormalities, she's an ailonit, and the answer is yes from the guy. In which case, we have no reason to be suspicious that she might be an ailonit. Yeah, she might be an ailonit, who cares? He accepted it upon himself, which means to say, effectively, the Gemara went back and forth with regards to whether in Dinan and Fashot we go based on majority. It had a sufficient proof from the Mishnah and Dathmeim of one fellow, one witness says two, and the other witness says three. We stuck, stuck with that. We tried to bring another proof from here in Masechet Nidai. It didn't pan out, but Rabbi Krus Bedai, we can now look at him, we can understand him. Why did he say three months? Sometimes it'll be earlier. Zil Bataruba, even in Dinan and Fashot. Baruch Amen. Amen. Amen.